Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. I want to talk to everybody today about scopenow.com. Scopenow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how Scope Now can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know having that relationship you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out, and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstrax is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Welcome to PI Perspectives. What the heck is the metaverse? Matt welcomes PI Scott Walker to come on and discuss the trends of this industry and how the shift to metaverse has changed best practices. This is just a great episode with some great info. Please welcome Scott Walker and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. 
And welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Um, today, I am uh, really happy to welcome somebody I bumped into just in the streets in Las Vegas, which was very random and weird. But I want to welcome Scott Walker to the program. Scott, how are you? I'm doing good, Matt. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. And, yeah. and it was nice literally running into you. And I said, don't you have a podcast? I know you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the even stranger part is like we had met before. <laughs> <laughs> literally months before. Right. Yeah. We met in, in Arizona at the uh, Alpi uh, Association event last year uh, in September. And you were one of the speakers there. And uh, I, I know the organizers like, you got to talk to Scott, you got to talk to Scott. And you and I, like, we got a brief introduction, but you were like in the zone kind of game face. And I was in the zone, like, got to get subs for a toolbox. So. That's right. Oh, you, you're you doing great there. Yeah. yeah. Lots of people signed up, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great event. So uh, that was so funny because it, I don't know, it was like 50, 55 people maybe. And I know the organizers like, ah, oh, we usually get a hundred and a lot, but man, it was so great. The people that were there were in it. Um, I did get a lot of uh, people sign up for Toolbox from there, which was yeah. great. Uh, and the, the quality of the speakers, other than that Walker guy. Yeah, that awesome. guy yeah. went on too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they, they, they asked me, hey, what do you want to talk about? Or would you like to talk about something? So I gave them, I think, three topics and... And they came back and they chose this this one that we'll probably talk a little bit about. And, okay. and then they said, oh, you have an hour and a half. And I'm like, I've never had that long to talk. What yeah. am I going to talk about? So I just I really told a story, which was kind of fun to, to do, put my thoughts into a story and then, uh, you know, build it out from there. And hopefully it was educational for folks. Yeah. So I got invited to talk at the Kansas City event, uh, which ended up getting uh, postponed because of COVID. They wanted me to do like four hours. And I was freaking out. I'm like, four wow. hours? What the heck am I going to talk about for four hours? And they're like, well, you can break it down into two different topics if you want. Maybe we'll do like a pre-lunch and post-lunch with separate topics. I'm like, you should have oh. turned it into a podcast. <laughs> Matt. That, 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 that could have been like five episodes for you, six episodes. Just break yeah. it up. Or from Joe Rogan, it'd just be one. <laughs> <It's right>. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not Joe Rogan. Um, so, yeah. Um, we bumped into each other in Vegas and, and we were chatting about, you know, you coming on and doing a show. And I thought, you know, there's some, there's a lot of things going on that nobody talks about and you're so grounded with what you do. And I just love your perspective on things. Um, I thought it'd be really cool to, to come on and, and talk about it. But before we get into all that stuff, um, Walker and Associates is your uh, business. So tell me a little bit about how you got into the business and uh, what you're doing now. Yeah. The traits of any good investigator is that you have your tenacity and you're curious. And that's what I was raised with. Um, I'm actually the kind of the black sheep or, or what I like to say, the redheaded stepchild, because I am uh, <laughs> of my family. I grew up in Los Angeles in kind of a, a Hollywood family, you, you know, grew up around people like Roy, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, you know, like those, they were normal people in my life, which is kind of funny to say, right. but uh, I had started a project to to get into that industry and into that business. My dad was a director and a producer and written a book and and worked for Disney and things. And so I thought that was interesting, but I had this sense of service and I wanted to serve my country. And uh, growing up in, in Los Angeles, I had no other branches of the military to influence me other than the Coast Guard, right? I grew up at, on a beach in Huntington Beach. And so I saw Coast Guards on lifeguards and I thought it was Oh, I could go do that. I like to swim. Right. And so I joined the Coast Guard right out of, out of uh, uh, high school. 
And when um, the recruiter, <laughs> all these recruiters lie to you, but they're like, Hey, um, you know, this is the job that you qualified for. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that job. I'm interested in, in what, like a public affairs type role. And they said, Oh, well, this job, it, it's called uh, port security. And, and it's kind of like being on cops. And I was like, Oh, I love that TV show. <laughs> totally got me. Right. So I, I go and had no aspirations of being law enforcement at all. I just wanted to serve my country. And, and um, sure enough, they put me through a bunch of training and police-like training, I'll say. And that was really my influence, uh, which would kind of shift me into wanting to kind of become this a sheepdog and, and um, serve in a different capacity and transitioned my whole college uh, curriculum over to criminal justice and started studying that, trying to understand it, and really kind of fell in love with, with um, the protector mentality. Sure. But along with that was, I, I want to learn more. And so as I was coming through my uh, figuring out what I wanted to do and coming through school and, and working, I was a reservist in the Coast Guard. I had the opportunity to meet with the special agent in charge of the Coast Guard Investigative Service, which you don't know them. They've never had a TV show like NCIS um, or a movie like Air Force OSI, but they are the equivalent to those things. And, and I had an opportunity to run into this person and uh, I was doing some work where I had a, a higher than top secret clearance. And, and so he, when he talked to me, he said, Oh, you have a higher clearance than I do. Do you want to work with us? And I'm like, I don't even know what you all do. Right. And that was my introduction into investigations. And, and I joined them and September 11th happened, changed the world. And, sure. and shortly after that, I had an opportunity to, to join the air force reserve and became a special agent there. So um, I was a special agent in multiple branches of the military and after 20 years of doing that, I thought there's, there's other things out there. Yeah. And again, just being curious and just wanting to talk to people and try and find out things. I ran into a mentor at a conference, ATAP, Association of Threat Assessment, of Th Threat Assessment Professionals, and just off a of fluke, uh, ran into somebody who had a previous law enforcement background, working in the private sector, right. happened to work for a company you probably never heard of Lucasfilm and he was their head of security. Uh, and he had, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the funny thing was his phone rings. We were at this conference before the, the conference started his phone rings and it's R2D2. And I'm like, look at this nerd. Now I'm an, I'm a star Wars nerd too. I grew up in the seventies. It, right. it changed my life, right. but I'm like, I don't have a star Wars phone. This guy, what, what is this guy? Like the head of security for George Lucas. And so after he gets off the phone, I turned to him and, and I said, uh, how's George doing? And he goes, oh, he's fine. He just wanted to know about something, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, come on, seriously. And he goes, no, I'm the head of security for, <laughs> for Lucasfilm. Nice. And then he became kind of my private sector mentor, if you will, and, and helped me understand the private sector better. Um, when Lucasfilm was acquired by Disney, I wanted, I talked to him about how you know, what are you going to do? How does that affect you? How do you, you approach uh, deciding whether to go with one company over the other? Oh, yeah. It was kind of my education in business. Right. And that's what led to my transition to uh, Silicon Valley. Right. And so um, outside of, out of the, after that, I ended up joining a company that, that was really uh, kind of in a, in a pre-growth phase called NVIDIA. And I joined them uh, to start an investigations and executive protection program 
And uh, like everything, best laid plans, you know, those things don't always happen the way they're supposed to. And, and I got thrown into a bunch of different projects and eventually a couple of years later started investigations and executive protection program with them right. evolved into more compliance and ethics and, and um, those types of corporate. God's timing, right? We, we never yeah. know what, uh, what what's going to happen there. So I think everybody wants to know, like, did, did you get that, like a uh, secret guest role as a stormtrooper in one of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> I well, I had to sign an NDA, yeah. but I will. T- <laughs> I, I will tell you the funny story because my kids are are all Star Wars dorks too, and and I think I have a stormtrooper back behind me in the Probably. on this call. But um, the uh, the funny thing was, I I take my kids, and this is in 2012 to where Lucasfilm is headquartered in San Francisco in what's called the Presidio. It used to be an army base. Now it's a kind of a national park, but it's got businesses and homes. People live there. And that's where Lucasfilm is is headquartered. And so I take them to San Francisco just saying, hey, we're going to go on a vacation. We get a hotel near the Presidio, walk over to the Presidio. And it's a beautiful park. And there's lots of things to look at. As we're walking through there, we come upon a fountain that is topped with Yoda. And my kid's like, oh, my gosh, this is so weird. This is really cool. What is this place? And I'm like, well, this is Lucasfilm. We're coming here for a tour tomorrow. And and so I, I took the kids on a tour of Lucasfilm and Skywalker Ranch. And they just they loved it. And they tell the story to this day to their friends. And they can't believe that they've they've had, you know, we we were. Uh, the the head of security was gracious enough to show us around and and give us a, a great experience. But that's that's the 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 uh, no 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 crazy roles for me in in the upcoming Disney flicks. But none that yeah. you're gonna admit anyway. That, that, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Too short to be a short stormtrooper. Too short. <laughs> you're gonna be a droid or something, right? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Eddie Baker, that poor guy. <laughs> I can see pictures of him just sitting in that R two D two. Oh my suit, gosh! Man, just like in the seventies. Do this, yeah, man. with a hair dryer blowing uh, cool air, trying to cool him off. Yeah, so long. Yeah, we're just yeah. getting out here. All right. Yeah, need- sorry. <laughs> off topic. <laughs> back to the topic at hand. Um, so your business now, uh, it, would you consider yourself a small business? Do you have? Uh- yeah, very small business. Uh, it, you know, the transition even to for me to leave the Bay Area, you know, I'd worked for NVIDIA, I'd worked for um, Facebook and and a bunch of iconic brands. I'd been a consultant uh, back to some of those brands. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but early on in, in 2020, like January of 2020, my wife and I decided we've got to move from the Bay Area. And we weren't thinking that the pandemic was going to lock everything up, but we we decided um, we're going to pick a couple of locations to go to. One of them happened to be Phoenix, Arizona, where we have friends and family. And then the other one was Denver, Colorado. And again, we're we're uh, from Los Angeles, so we don't know what the white stuff on the ground is. I, I've told it's snow. I, I don't know. Industrial for sure. light and magic. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Denver, Colorado, and it's it's a snowstorm. And we drove in the snowstorm to go visit some places. And after that trip, my wife was like, we're moving to Phoenix. Yeah, there you that, go. <laughs> there it is. So we moved to Phoenix and I start this this opportunity. And because Phoenix or Arizona in general is a great place to start a business. Beautiful. And awesome. very low 
low overhead. So that was, that's how we got out here. And that's how I started that. And I, I, you know, we're, we're not even a year old and still growing and trying to figure out how do we enter the market and, and uh, like everybody else in the world, trying to figure out how do we come back from COVID um, so- and, my, my, my offerings are, are like everybody else's, you know, I'll kind of do any kind of investigation that comes across the desk. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a good topic that we're going to hammer in on. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, um, yeah, really just the state of the industry and the state of, of, um, you know, where everything's heading here. We wanted to kind of touch on that and, um, just give our two cents worth on it. You know, now we're, we're getting further, further away from, you know, shelter in place and, and back to doing things, but there's still specters creeping up here and there. I know in New York, we've had a couple of little minor outbreaks yeah. and Philadelphia went back to doing masks and um, you know, so we're not completely, completely through it, but everybody sit tight. When we come back, uh, we're going to jump into the state of investigations. So sit right. tight. satellite investigations is the premier investigation resource in New York state. Founder Matthew Spare was named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. If you need investigative assistance in New York State, visit their site at SatellitePI.com. Get results, not excuses. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Hey, the National Association of Legal Investigators have announced their next in-person conference. It's scheduled to take place June 22nd through June 24th in Louisville, Kentucky. Visit NALI.com for more information. NALI.com. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or via hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspective. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today we are joined by Scott Walker. Scott, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, uh, wow. I, you know, I didn't know your huge background, uh, in, in Hollywood. That's, that's pretty awesome. When you were talking about Coast Guard and, and being recruited, I, the first thing that came to my mind was like Baywatch, you know, yeah. <laughs> are they throwing the calendars with the Baywatch girls in there? Going, sure, sure. Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, yeah. So Hasselhoff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eating hamburgers somewhere. <laughs> <This> poor guy. <laughs> um, so uh, before we took the break, we, we teased a little bit about um, the future of investigations, and and your your you know your company's kind of you know, new to, to the uh, to the industry, um, but you have a, an interesting perspective on this, and we specifically wanted to talk about like the metaverse and how that is affecting uh, investigations on a whole, and and the 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 temperature and direction that we're going to go on things. Um, so what what's your take on all that? Yeah, you know, technology is changing. It's easy to say, right? We we talked about this before. Technology is really changing the way we do business. And the pandemic, I always thought, by the way, that that, um, we would get to um, more comfortable being remote or more comfortable being 
wherever we wanted to find the work, we're going to go find the work. Right. Uh, the pandemic really just sped that up um, to where companies now had to do it. And my sense uh, was actually, I'll take you back to early 2020 when the pandemic started and we all went to lockdown and it was, there was a, a great amount of uncertainty. My feeling was, okay, once we figure out how to operate in this world we'll, we'll, and we become comfortable, we'll do it. Right. And sure enough, the first year goes by and, and not any real significant change in the way we were doing. We figured out how to do business, but business pivoted really quickly, right? So we, we're doing it live now, you know, we're on Zoom and, and we're able to connect this way. We're connecting from uh, coast to coast and, and internationally now, which I think is all really a good thing. The more that we can connect with technology, the more that we can trade with each other, the more that we can talk with each other as, as real time as possible, the better, the less we'll want to kill each other, you know, yeah, the, yeah. I was, Russia uh, and Ukraine aside. Yeah, Russia. Right. Yeah, definitely. So I was doing a, I was telling you earlier, I was doing a conference today with, um, with England. I was talking to Michael Court, uh, Conflict International. And, you know, it's so nice to be, to have the video conference and be able to chat with him and another guy and uh, we're just making it work. You know, we That's just right. got to figure out the time, time, uh, you know, Time there is yeah, time, the time zones will never change, right? <laughs> that will never change. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently maybe a little bit, right? And yeah, you, daylight you know, savings. Day, daylight savings is history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, is good because we don't do we don't practice daylight savings for some reason in Arizona. But uh yeah, but the more we can can have these conversations um in as much real time and people be comfortable with that. Uh, the, I think the better the world is. Now, this these types of operations don't work for everyone, right? And we realize that. And, and so I always felt like we'd go back to a 60-40 type model or 60% of people who want to be in the office or can be in an office banking, will be in an office. Yeah, banking yeah. industry, like they refuse to go remote. I have several friends in banking and they're like, oh, we got to go back in, you know? And then it's like slowly, maturely, even attorneys, you know? And, and that's, you know, Will they be our customers, you know, our customer base? Yeah. And you've actually seen the bar association change their opinions on brick and mortar, which was interesting. Right. And, and it started to happen before COVID, but COVID really pushed it over the line where, you know, it used to be like, you had to have an an office space. Like you had, if you were advertising as a law firm, you needed to be in that particular city or state or, or whatever. You couldn't just say, yeah, we're, we're, you know, I've passed the bar and I'm, I can practice law here, but I'm really based in, in so-and-so. Right. So um, they changed that law, making it a little bit more, um, I guess, easier to, to, to not have a dedicated space or, or have shared space um, because that's the other thing too. I mean, we work as a, green space, all those, that's a whole nother yeah. well, and, for another show. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Commercial real estate. How's that going to be affected to your point? You know, are we going to be comfortable with all being in a, we work or will commercial real estate have to shift to that kind of, you know, multi-tenant model um, where you rent us, rent a desk or rent a space, rent an office, office space. So what, uh, let's, let's touch in and double down here on the attorneys here, because that, that is yeah. our, bread and butter, at least for me anyways. And I know most investigators. So this, this whole change in the metaverse, you know, yeah. uh, what, what is the metaverse to you? How do you define that? <laughs> oh boy. That's maybe a whole nother conversation, but I'll try and keep it, keep it simple. 
uh, we refer to metaverse or any kind of um, multi-massive online platform. MMO is sometimes what it's referred to, maybe better referred to as. Uh, but it's also known as Web 3.0. You know, Elon Musk talk about Web 3 or Web 3.0. And um, th- <laughs> this is the, the new frontier. And, and I, I've talked about this. I, t- I was on a, a webinar a couple of weeks ago talking about the risks in the metaverse and things like that. There's opportunity. There's more opportunity than risk, but like in like in life. Mm-hmm. But the, the metaverse is um, a way to digitally and online connect us all. In a sense, being on this Zoom call right. is a is a version of the metaverse, and what we're what we're seeing is that uh, just like the internet, um, when the internet, you, you you're a Gen Xer like me, we remember. But that's what's great about How our dare generation. You, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a millennial. Uh, it's great about our generation is we remember what analog was like, sure. and we we know what a, a phone book is, you know, and we know what what digital is like. And so early on, internet was come internet 1.0, if you will, was coming up. And we remember how we would get those discs in the mail from AOL and you'd get minutes and you'd be able to log on and, and go do whatever you do. That's and that, that evolved now. And as we're evolving into web 3.0, one of the questions that I get commonly is, okay, who's going to pay for it? And like everything, who paid for Facebook? You know, Zuck. Yeah. <laughs> Zuck's going to pay for metaverse, a version of the metaverse. Yeah. And so you'll have these big, big multinational companies, billionaires that will be creating an environment where you can live, work and play. Yeah. And the environment is, is uh, more than likely going to be very much more in your face than the internet is, right? right? We all have cell phones. We all have screens in our face for most of the day now, now more than ever, um, especially us as investigators, how much time do you spend uh, researching documents or researching a background or, or checking social media for, for something, or even running your own business, yeah, you know, so, or on so, QuickBooks so a lot too. Let's tag in on that. So, yeah, you know, we're bringing it back to the attorney um, portion of it, right? So, you know, we want to be careful and make sure that, that they're not doing all that stuff and saying it's good enough. Right, they still got to be able to, to to hire us to do these things, and and it that's it's a tough sell, right? Because they're like, oh well, I just had my paralegal do it, you yeah. Know? Or you know, I'm pretty savvy on the internet. I can I know how that Google type thing works. Yeah, I can. I can, I can Google that, myself. Right? Yeah, you know, and it's like you need to educate them. That's not enough, you know. Or you know, evidentiary, right? When you need to get this introduced, uh, you really want to tell everyone you're the one who did the research, or would you rather bring in? Mr. That's Walker, there, who's who's got this great background? That's exactly how I put it to him. Yeah, you know, are, who yeah. who do you want to testify on the stand to the right. evidence? Right. I'm George. I'm way better at this. And and by the way, you can throw in my background from working in tech and working at Facebook, and I I think I make a a way better uh, witness than you know with respect to our paralegal partners, and they have they are very important to what we do, right? But um, what I don't I don't know about uh, some of the listeners and, and our fellow investigators, but when I'm doing if I if I find evidence that I need that we need to pull from uh, uh, the internet or from social media, uh, I've kind of moved away from just doing screenshots because I, I understand deep fakes. I understand how those can be manipulated. It's not best evidence. Yep. And I'm actually recording now the, the, uh, on the screen, recording my screen and, and yep. recovering that information. 
because I think that's the best evidence so that if right, a jury right. sees so, it, they can't. So there's a tool um, called Loom. If anyone's ever yeah. used it, it it's, it's fantastic, right? It yeah. literally records your desktop. You have so to. Yeah. It, it's genius. And it, what it does, it just gives you credibility, right? And, you know, we're, we're, we're not trying to, to knock the powers like you had said and, and all that, but they have a function and role in the firm. You know, it's the same thing like with intakes, you know, don't have your paralegals do intakes. Don't, don't mm -hmm. have your attorneys do intakes because they need to be doing attorney stuff. They need to be doing paralegal stuff. They got to be generating, you know, bills of particular and pleadings and, and, and drafting motions and, and doing all that. So it, and, and you can't possibly dedicate the amount of time that you need to do research. That's the other thing too. And yeah. I think understanding that as a business owner, as an investigator, that yeah. is something that I really had a grasp with. Like, I don't want my team, my guys that are my field guys doing my research anymore. Not because they're terrible at it. They're pretty darn good at it, but I need them out in the field doing stuff. And, and the, when I start bifurcating their responsibilities, they're not efficient. Right. Yeah. So being able to find uh, an in-house team to do my research and dedicating them and well, hey, welcome to the metaverse, because these people can live anywhere and they can you, your your talent pool is that much greater because you can tap on to resources from all over the country or they don't even necessarily need to be in the world as long as you know their English is good or, or the research is, is good. And it comes down to personality, you know, Treasure. and that's one of the problems that we we have as business owners is that personalities of the, of the younger folk, uh, is trash. <laughs> I mean, it's just garbage. <laughs> People don't want to work. Well, they, uh, and they, they see things differently than we do. You know, I mean, I, I've got a, a Gen Y and a, and a millennial in my, in my house and they like to tell me what's going on all the time. And sure. one uh, I really lean on for TikTok investigations, by the way, cause he's gotcha. really good at TikTok, <laughs> which I am not. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you think about uh, the the kids who um, came up and they were told by their parents, "Hey, you got to go to the top level college and you got to get that underwater basket weaving or or ancient English uh, a degree so that you can go pontificate on the world." And then they came out and they had hundreds, if not tens of thousands of of, of dollars in in tuition fees yeah. that they oh, back to the school. And now they're working as a barista, not to belittle baristas. We, I'm glad we have them. In fact, they're very hard to find nowadays. Right. So you, what do they want to do when they come into work? They want a raise. They want to make more. They want to work less. They want that work-life balance. And you know, we're, we're, we're going into a world that is... Um, it, it, it's well, first of all, we're losing the greatest generation, um, you, you know, but both physically they're, they're unfortunately passing away and, right. and they're not in the economy anymore. They're not spending money. Same thing with baby boomer generation. Most of them are retiring and passing away. So what that leaves is the, the generations that we have today. And if they don't want to do the work, what does that mean for all of us that are doing the work? Right. Can we find the help? Can we, yeah. you know, there are solutions that people don't want to talk about, but you yeah. touched on it. Yeah. And you know, that, that's the thing too. Like there's, there's market share to be had. I mean, yes. that's one thing that COVID really, really did. I mean, especially in New York for me anyways, you know, it, it's, I come out of it and uh, all of a sudden there's less competition. Now, why is there less competition? Well, some people are like, 
I don't want to do this door to door knocking thing. Like, I don't want to do this. Like I got my pension, I got this and that. So there were a lot of folks that were doing our kind of work that were, their heart wasn't there. Right. Right. So now they're out and you've got the challenge of, is the invest is the attorney going to try and do it themselves? Or are they going to hire somebody? Right. Or are they going to hire somebody in house? Cause I've seen that now too, where they're like, okay, well now I'm just going to, you know, have, have an investigator in house and you got to battle that. Okay. Well, how do you battle that? Well, you battle it saying that's, that, that's only one person. You know, if you hire my business, you've got the disposal, not only of, of me and my team, you know, however big that team is, you know, maybe it's three, maybe it's seven, maybe it's 10, but you also have my relationships now, which your in-house investigator doesn't have the 20 plus years experience that I have and doesn't know the, the 20 plus years of experience in relationships that I have and the contacts that I have, right? So are you, are you cutting yourself short you know, thinking that you're saving some bucks or you're, you know, controlling everything. And again, do you want the guy who works for you to go up and testify about something later? No, you don't want that. You need no. that inspiration. That's what your contract resources are for. Yeah. And by the way, to your point, you know, attorneys are becoming much more international as well. So their clientele are not necessarily in New York or in a physical fixed location. They're, they have problems that, because I mean, the reality is, what, we saw, what we're seeing in Arizona, what you're seeing in New York, New Yorkers are moving to Miami. Uh, people from Los Angeles, Seattle, and San Francisco are moving to Phoenix, Arizona. Sure. So that's changing the, the, the dynamics of problems, right. right? So your client is an attorney. The attorney's client used to live in New York. Now they live in Miami. So, you know, now you're like, okay, but I've got a resource. I've got a buddy down there. I've got a connection down there that I went to a conference with yeah. and your, your resources just have to be much more spread now. So I'll tell you a funny story real quick. So I, I was actually in Vegas at an Intelnet conference. Right. And I got a phone call from one of my clients and they're like, um, we have a rush assignment and I'm not sure if you can help us, but our client relocated to Arizona and our client, uh, we found as is incarcerated and they're in jail in Maricopa County. We need somebody to go there. Right. So can, can you help us? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I will. I have a huge network. I know a bunch of people in, in Arizona. I was just at the Alpi thing. I'm like, I'll take care yep. of it. Right. So I start doing my back channel things and figuring out who I'm going to hire for this thing. And I come across a guy who's fantastic, who actually, yeah, I've got the past to get into Maricopa County prison, right? I was like, okay, you can't make this stuff up. This guy's making me look like a million bucks. I go back to my client. No problem. We'll send the guy out there tomorrow. Take care of it for you. They're like, you're a lifesaver. You're amazing. We love satellite investigations. I was like, tell three friends. Great. That's right. Right. So uh, this guy shows up to the county jail. And would you know it that the guy got released like that morning oh, <laughs> and we're like oh man what are we going to do here so i'm just like all right well now there's some legwork we thought we had a, a um you know an easy layup to do but now there's more work to do so we start doing some research trying to track the guy's family down and we end up tracking people down old roommate ah that guy's a bum da -da -da -da, so and so well he the guy we tried to contact the parole officer to see when he was checking in because the guy had parole and he was due that friday to check in for parole uh, then my client calls me on Thursday. He goes, guess what? I'm like, what? He goes, your, your boy couldn't stay out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> he actually <laughs> violated parole or probation. And, and then Thursday he was back in jail. That made it easy. <laughs> and we were able to go in and, and get it done. It's like, you can't make that stuff up. But what that, you know, having the relationships, I mean, it's, this was a long story to get to a short point, um, you know, having the, the relationships of, um, you know, these associations, 
like um, you know Alpi for Arizona, uh, NCISS, uh, NALI, Intelnet, right. you know these national associations, and even um, WAD for the international stuff. You had you had mentioned attorneys are starting to go um, international, uh, and and that's true. And not only are the attorneys going international, but their clients go on vacation, right? So I've had that too. That's it. Or, hey, you know, my client was in Rome and had a car wreck. I needed a local investigator to help me facilitate into the accident report and doing all this. Yeah. His question to me was, do you, do you know anyone who speaks Italian? I was like, well, how about if I got you somebody in Rome? He's like, in you can Rome. do that? I was like, of course I can do it. And within like three hours, I had him like four names. You call these four investigators to help you out, right? So, um, again, makes me look like a million bucks. It expends, it, it extends, you know, my reach of, of things, right? I'm able to to go and do that. And, you know, everybody was happy. And at the end of the day, you know, I got a story to tell on this Arizona thing. It was funny, and but we were able to get done. <laughs> I, we needed the guy to sign some releases or something. It was like one of these uh, class actions uh, suits with the, um, uh, he, this guy served in the military and he oh, had okay. the earplugs, right? Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he, it was one of those cases and it, his life has been so messed up by the damage. Like he's literally committing crimes now wow. uh, for this. So it's kind of a sad story, but um yeah. You know, and, and you never want to see somebody who served our country go down that route. Um, so we were able to do our part to actually get this guy, um, you know, what he needed to, to do. And that was based on relationships, right? Um, and we're not seeing that from these mm-hmm. younger folks who are not assertive like that. Well, differently. So, right. so be, this is a great point, though, because they don't. Uh, so I, my son is a cybersecurity degree major in college. And we we're talking about how do you learn more about that that topic and i said well what what associations are you interested in joining what newsletters do you get how many webinars are are you on uh there's all kinds of information out there you don't just have to go to google and type in cybersecurity and he knows that but he right. thinks about this differently and he didn't think about like oh i didn't know that i could join an association and i'm like well yeah they have some associations have student membership blah 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 right right and so his um, approach to learning more about it was to ask his his friend zone and people in his sphere of influence, which include people that um, he's never met before, but he's gaming online with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like, what? <laughs> but so he, their perception for this new generation uh, is just different. And I, I don't disagree with you that they are less comfortable with the kind of the face-to-face talking then, um, and I don't mean to disparage a whole generation, but the, many of them are not comfortable with going up and talking to somebody and just literally uh, breaking the, uh, the ice and, and saying, hey, this is what I'm interested in doing. Do you know anybody or do you, do you need assistance there? Yeah. But they are much more um, comfortable with technology than even we are. Yeah. And that I think will be the benefit um, every generation has its strength. Our generation was was kind of the grown up and the latchkey kids, and like I said earlier, digital and analog. But you know, we know how to build Legos and build computers, right? Yeah. So we have that capacity. They're much more in that metaverse. They're in that virtual reality space yeah. where they're living, working, and playing, and so they understand when when um, when the the whole the whole gender uh, situation was was coming out in 2018, I was talking to a fellow investigator who was at Facebook, and he kept referring to the subject uh, or a, a person involved in this inve- investigation as they. And I said, "How many people do we have involved in the investigation?" I'm confused. You keep using this term "they," and he and he explained to me how 
this was the the um uh she her uh him he they them uh situation not touching it bro not touching it i'm not saying (laughs) no no and neither am i but but it was interesting that there that he he was a young much younger person than i am and his generation understood that lingo way before my generation did and it's because they've been immersed in it and so they have tons of information at their fingertips whether they use that information to their advantage is is really the question because i don't know that they necessarily they might understand what happened in world war ii because they read about it online but they didn't live it and and neither did i by the way i'm i look to generations that did to help me understand it right and i don't think they have that you you look at it just 9-11 right there's a whole generation of people that just don't understand totally what that was like and and me being from new york and being right in the middle of everything (laughs) you know it's like how do you explain that to somebody you can't you just can't you know no you you actually have to have done it and and that's the thing the the world changed for us in 2001 for 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 us we were all working at that time i'm sure and or in school and and so um our understanding of the world changed significantly and one of the things i talk about i I help a lot of veterans and and law enforcement folks transition into the private sector and i try to push it uh, uh understanding that hey you don't have to necessarily go work for x company you could start your own pi firm and you could do your own thing and helping them understand that world as well. But because we've been at war for the last 20 years, um, we now have a generation of people that that's really all they they've known. They've worked for the government or they've worked in law enforcement. And now they're transitioning, they're coming out into the private sector and they aren't really well equipped with how the private sector works and how do you uh, do how do you get things done and and everything costs money by the way and if you you want advice sometimes you have to pay for it yeah. but uh, they don't necessarily they are not armed with the that those sensibilities well, it's it's not just military you, I mean I get this all the time with uh, folks that are serving or or involved with um, you know working for the three letter agencies yeah. you know and they leave and they're they're now you know opening up their own thing and and it's really like where do I begin how do I start and you know i get so much feedback from the podcast from people just appreciative they're like wow you like i'm getting a, a exposure from different people in the industry and i'm learning so much you know thank you for that um you know or or i i was on the fence of whether or not i should actually start my own thing and and you've kind of pushed me into doing that thank you you know thank you for doing that and i'm just like the best thing you can do in my opinion you start your own business. Like there's nothing yes. like it. If you have that entrepreneurial, but you, spirit, you're going to, you got to do it. But the thing is, you, it's work. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. it's not That's like, the job. Hey, I'm open for business. Ooh, I'm going to be a millionaire. No, there's a lot of like blood, sweat and tears. I, I get this all the time. People are like, when do you sleep, man? <laughs> well, and I think what, what people don't realize is that we are business owners first. Yes. Yeah. We are small business owners or hopefully someday soon, big business owners. Right. Yeah first and our service is information investigation uh a sense of relief (laughs) you you know use whatever acronym you want but we are business owners first so that ties it into the whole subject at hand today right rolling with this whole metaverse thing and embracing it and understanding you know like you need to know what coding is you don't need to be a coder but you need to understand it right don't fight technology if if you're going to go work for somebody and they want you to use dropbox or they want you to use google calendar or something like that and and you know you you're not down with the pc or the mac or whatever right 
get down with the PC or Mac, you know, and, and, and understand that that's what you need to do to survive. There's so many tools that make it much easier for us to do what we need to do. Um, you know, and to get educated, and by the way, to get educated on how to use those things, yeah. you know, we used to have to go to a library or to the Encyclopedia Britannica to learn how to do something. You know, we all had those that were sold door to door, right? Yeah. The but now you have you just Google something if you don't know if you're running into a problem. Google how do I do X or ask Siri and yeah, ask Siri. Hey, hey Siri, how do I do this? <laughs> right. And which you know that could be a whole different discussion on what is, are the is it risks. Possible? Yeah. <laughs> what are the what what are the risks of of uh, of information and how is, how that is, is, is uh, influences? Is Siri gospel? That's that's a new topic. That, that, well, it, that's that's the challenge, right? Yeah. We're we have automation all around us, and uh, we have the audacity to say I'm not a computer guy. Yeah. Well. But you use Siri, you use the Amazon products, right. you know, you're, you're in it. You just maybe aren't as comfortable with it, or you don't know, you don't have the vocabulary around it. Uh, it but the most important thing, Matt, is that we need people to stay in this environment, to work, to stay in the economy, yeah. uh, because we are seeing what happens when people go, I don't want to deal with this this pandemic anymore i used to do x job now i don't want to do that anymore i'm just going to retire i'm going to go do a lesser job right. i want people to live to their fullest they have to use technology to do that nowadays yeah yeah and you will succeed in this business as in, if you want to get into investigations there's work out there we were talking offline uh, before yeah. this uh, uh, one of the biggest problems that we have as business owners right now is we're too busy there's too much work and we can't service our clients, you know? So, so we, we were talking about, you know, uh, you know, sizing up your, your business. Like how do you, how do you do that? Right. How do you, how do you build it up um, to make it serviceable when, when you're just, you know, selling, you know, Scott Walker, but people want to hire Scott Walker. Right. So yeah. how do we Hard do to that? recreate, Yeah, <laughs> you know, what does that look like? You know? Yeah. Um, it, it's a real challenge, you know, and I, I just hired somebody recently and, and I'm, I'm so excited because the guy like showed up to the job interview, like he did some research oh. and he was like talking to me about stuff and I could, Good. I could hear the excitement in his voice. And I was just like, yes. Like I, I told him, I was like, dude, I want to train you. Like, I'm going to teach you how to do all this stuff. Like I'm excited to teach. I mean, I'm looking to mentor somebody, you know, like this is real. Like, I don't know if you understand the opportunity that I'm giving you here because yeah. this kid's got like the entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Um, now I don't think he's going to go out and start his own business and steal my clients. I'm, and I'm not worried about that because I, my clientele is based upon my relationships and reputation. Right. Yeah. Um, but I want to raise up people beneath me to, you know, always have your replacement. Right. I yeah, always, always be training that. Right. Always, always train up, you know, always have an exit strategy. They always tell you that too. You know, when, when you're, you mentioned earlier, you know, Hey, I'm a business owner. I'm not just an investigator like that. That is true. That's, I mean, that's where I am right now. Um, and, and I'm, I'm slowly transitioning myself away. I do like to get out and do the work every now and then, but you know, I would rather be the owner than the investigator. And that sometimes you know, as much as I, I, I think I'm there and I'm, I'm now the owner full time and it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, We'd like to think that. Yeah. Certain clients are like, no, you're going out there, but I'm like, okay, well, I'm going out there, but here's my rate. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's much more expensive than yeah to usually charge. It's like, well, you're telling me to get away from my regular responsibilities. That that's what I make when I do the things I'm supposed to do. 
Oh, okay. I want to have you on this. So I'm going to pay you for that. And and I think that the cool thing is what we see from uh, uh, study recent studies about entrepreneurship is folks will, will be much more cyclical. They're not getting into a job and then they're going to stay there for 20 or 30 years, get the gold watch and retire on a pension and go fishing. Those pensions are, are largely gone or watered down to 401ks. So where our parents were doing those things, my, my father-in-law worked for Boeing and, and McDonnell Douglas was an aerospace engineer, and he retired and got the gold watch and didn't have to do anything for 20 years until he passed. Right. The, 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 these current generations and future generations aren't going to have that. So what they'll do is they'll come out, they'll do some entrepreneurial things. They'll go work for somebody like you, Matt, and learn those things. And then they'll break out, they'll do their own thing. Then they'll come back and they'll maybe work for a bigger organization. And these things will just kind of happen in a cycle. Uh, what we want to, I think to your point, what we need to do is keep encouraging that, keep encouraging people to keep learning, keep moving forward, keep trying to figure things out and keep finding relevance. And if you say, I'm not getting in the metaverse, or I'm not going to be on Facebook, or I'm not going to do these things, you're, you're potentially stunting your growth as, as a person and as in the economy. And I don't want to see that. My sense of urgency is things have been bad. I don't think they're going to get any better. In fact, I hope they don't, but I think they're going to get worse. How do we overcome that? Well, we have to, we have to science this stuff. We have to overcome it through knowledge and technology and and growth. See, I look at it a different way, man. I'm not a doom and gloomer like you. Shame on you. (laughs) I'm just like a realist. (laughs) No, I'm more like, wow, there's just so many opportunities here. You know? Mm -hmm. Now it's time to hustle. Mm -hmm. Now is when I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my mark. I'm gonna, you know, I it's it's my time to knock it out of the park. And yes, it's going to take more work. And yes, you know, my family may see a little bit less of me for some time. But, you know, to me, it's I always have the the end game, you know, in mind, like, okay, so, you know, if I can, if I can bust my butt now and get the infrastructure in place, scale it, right, the scalability, um, that's going to make things easier for me when I hit that certain age for, for the golden parachute, right? No one's given right. me a watch, no one's given me a pension, but I'm, it. I'm buying my own watch. And I'm making my own pension and you can too, you know, yeah. like if you do it correctly and um, you know, and you, you embrace, embrace change because there, you, you can't stop it and just roll with the punches really. Embracing technology, like being on a podcast or listening to a podcast. I think, you know, podcasts will continue to grow uh, in, in, in the way people learn your podcast is a perfect example of that. Okay. You open that up and by the way, I don't know that anybody pays for your your time and your effort and your energy, uh, with the exception of your sponsors. But what a great way to learn! You take an hour out of your day or out of your week to listen to something and actually get something of benefit out of it. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I, I don't get paid by anybody, but you know, you can. I'm on Venmo. You can you can find me. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you want to Venmo money. me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, what they can do is join uh, Investigators Toolbox, which is, you know, the, the site that I have created that that pushes these ideas, right? And that that has that clubhouse feel to it, which is something we actually do. We do like a Q&A clubhouse once a month with investigators, guys that are have been in the industry for a long time that, that are making themselves available to answer your questions, right? And it, it's like one of these things, like, why are you not in it? Why are you not doing it? And more and more uh, as the site grows and it is growing. It's um, you know, it, it, you're getting the benefits 
of my experience and the hundreds of other seasoned investigators that are parts of it. Like you, you, you have that direct relationship with them through this. So it's almost like creating a metaverse. Yeah, it is. That's essentially what I've done. Right. Yeah, so metaverse is just another word for community. And I'll probably as, and get, I'm going to get a letter from Facebook now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, from Zuckerberg to be like, <laughs> cease and desist <laughs> that terminology. We own Meta. Okay, <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah. You didn't say uh, Metaverse Toolbox or Meta Toolbox. I yeah, think you're okay. No trademark infringement there. Yeah, Meta Toolbox. That's good. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Under> rebrand. <laughs> yeah, you should have a sub brand. Yeah, I like yeah. that. There you go. Your- but you're right. <laughs> we got to build communities and and be uh, more inclusive than exclusive. Yeah, and that and that's what it comes Probably. down to. And, and what's so cool about something like that is that it, it's it's all over the place, right? So there there are people that are part of this, and you, you know you get it in the associations also, where you've got not just people from your own state; it's people from other states and people that. Um, even other countries. I know like toolbox, I've got six or seven different countries in there. Uh, some guy from Paris joined when I was in, uh, in, in town I was like, Hey, we got France. <laughs> so that's another one. Uh, so it, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see it all, all growing and happening. And, um, you know, just staying on top of things is, is really what, what you need to do. So, um, don't be discouraged if you're out there and you're, you're starting your business and you're failing or, or you've, maybe you've hit a wall with, um, where you are with your business and just try a different approach. Look at things differently. Um, you know, network with other investigators sure. and really figure out what's working for them. And, um, you know, the tools are there. You just need to, to utilize them and use them. No one's going to give you anything. You got to go and do it. That's really That's what right. it comes down to. So and what we do is changing our risks, our risk profile for our clients are changing. Uh, you know, they're, they're much more concerned with online risks than ever before. Cybersecurity was the number one issue behind, I think, climate change for CEOs um, that were uh, surveyed in 2021. So um, cybersecurity, you might think you're not a cybersecurity expert, but uh, yeah, and you might not be, I am not, but I am a cyber investigator and I understand the cyber world. So if we can help our clients better um, understand what the cyber risks are out there. We need to be doing that. Offer that. Yeah. I mean, listen, what's Russia doing to Ukraine now? Yeah. Cyber right. attacks. That's right. we, yesterday they were just talking about it, right? You know, they're, they're trying to shut down their infrastructure, you know, that way. So it's, it's here to stay, you know, yeah. and, and folks like uh, your, your son who's getting into that, like, it's a good choice. Yeah. I think <laughs> so. Probably going to yeah. find a job. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be yeah. Okay. You know, um, but we're, we're going to wind down here, Scott. This was awesome. I, I, I love this yeah. free, free flow back and forth. And uh, it, it would be cool to do this in a, like a year. Have you come back and be like, all right, where we blow hard? Where, where are we? <laughs> 2023. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 2022 in review. Tell me about the meta toolbox, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which will be web 4.0, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if folks did want to get a hold of you, how would they find you? Uh, you can go to my website. It's walkerinvestigations.page. Uh, Google tells me .page is more secure than .com. I don't know how, but that's what they say. So walkerinvestigations.page. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. Okay, great. And we'll have uh, the, the links in the show notes and all that. So thank you everybody for tuning in. This was a, a lively and, and fun conversation. Um, and uh, I hope you guys uh, gleaned some info from here. Or just, uh, you know, we, we, uh, 
lit a fire under you to to really go out there and do some things. So we do appreciate the support, all joking aside. Um, and it's it's an honor to interview folks like Scott and and uh, and get the stuff out there. So everybody have a good week, and uh, we'll catch everyone next time on the next show. We told you this was going to be a great episode. Thanks to Scott for coming on and having this much-needed conversation. We need to stay ahead of the changes to our industry, and this is helping us. We'd also like to thank Crosstracks, ScopeNow, PI Institute for Education, and Satellite Investigations for sponsoring this show. So please support our great supporters. Have you checked out the Investigator's Toolbox yet? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. Use code PIP201836 to save 10% on membership. If you have a question or a comment about the show, just email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible, and we'll be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.